You're listening to the Long Hollow Student Ministry Podcast. For more information and to stay up to date on what we have going on, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at LH Students. my favorite bumper we've ever done. Come on now, if you're in that video, great job. I love it. We got a little Gallatin represented, a little bit of everything represented. And so, hey, I am fired up about tonight. I've already prefaced our leaders. I've talked to uh, our staff. I am... I'm fired up about tonight because tonight we're kicking off a brand new series called Street Talk. But before I dive in, here's what I want to I want to do. If you're a guest here, I want to say welcome. We're so glad that you were here. If you didn't step in uh, to our first-time guest table when you walked in and get a free gift or take the impossible shot, we had a lady take the impossible shot tonight. She did not make it. It's all the way up to 75 bucks right now. So remember, if you invite a friend or if you're a brand new guest... You get to take the impossible shot with the chance to win money every single week. And so we want to let you, remind you of that. So if you're a first-time guest and you haven't done that, man, make sure you see us after this. But I want to tell you, if you already noticed some of you guys are turning your chair around, if you're not looking at me and I can't see your face and your backs to me, go ahead and turn your chair. All that does is that helps me with my, my confidence a little bit, lets me know that you actually care about what I'm going to say. But even though it doesn't matter about what i got to say, it's about what God's got to say. So go ahead and turn your chair around. Let me see you. Hey, if you're ready for a good night, let me hear you say, yeah. yeah. Woo, high school. Y'all ready? Come on now. All right, let's rock and roll. Hey, so on uh, during your take two time, Kate kind of set the tone where you got some questions on your half sheet. Everybody got those half sheets? Does everybody got your answers? All right, I need everybody's participation. This is yes. This is no. Yes is yes. No is no. Everybody got them? You got to know what to do just then. All right, so get your half sheets out. We're going to answer these questions, all right? I want to know what your answers are. All right, here we go. What do you need when your car breaks down? Yes, okay. I said mechanic. Anybody write mechanic? All right, I award you zero points. All right, here we go. What do you need if your iPhone breaks? A what? Uh, He said a phone man. I put Apple Store. What do you need if you have the COVID-19 virus, a.k.a. coronavirus? You run. Wait, what? Somebody said Jesus. <laughs> huh? You, you, Brayden said you need healthier. I put a doctor. What do you need if you have a paper cut? Do you, do you whine when you get a paper cut? Any fellas? Crap hurts. I'm with you. Here we go. I put a, do- or a Band-Aid. There we go. What do you need if your breath stinks? You can get that five gum. What? I put gum or a mint. All right, what do you, oh, 
Who do you call if your house is on fire? Fire department. Here's my favorite one. Who do you call if there's a ghost in your house and everybody said, what? Oh, that was my favorite one. All right. You call all of them. I don't, I don't care who they are. You call all the ghost buds. You got a ghost in your house. Y'all, come on now. All right, everybody get your pen and paper. Get your pen ready. Everybody got your pen? Say yeah. All right, get your pen. I'm going to give you one more question that's not on the list. I want you to write this down. If your neighbor's not paying attention, say, hey, pay attention. Somebody say, this is good stuff. You don't even know yet. All right, here you go. All right, you're going to write this question at the bottom of that list, okay? Here we go. What do you need? What do you need? Some of y'all ain't writing down. You're going to miss it. Come on now. This is good stuff. Write it down. Take your neighbor. Write it down. What do you need if you are dead? Y'all didn't know that was coming. You don't have a paper? You don't have a pen? We need some pens over here, D. We can get some pens over here. Anybody, if you don't have a pen, raise your hand. So what do you need if you are dead? Huh? A casket. Hey, don't throw pens. We'll get pens to you. Don't throw them. All right. What do you need if you're dead? Yell it out. Mm. I just spilled water all over him. All right. Here's what I want you to write down, all right? Everybody, let's, really, let's lean in just for a second, okay? Lean in for a second. So what do you need if you're dead? Write this down, Ephesians 2, verse 1. Ephesians 2, verse 1. I'm going to read Ephesians 2, verse 1. It will be on the screen. It says this, you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Okay, here's what this means. You were dead in your trespasses and sin. This isn't you were out in the water, stranded in the ocean, and somebody's coming by and throwing you a life preserver. Right? It's like you're in an ocean catch. Y'all did good. It's like nobody's coming by to throw you a life vest. Now, here's what this means. You were dead in your trespasses and sin, meaning this. You're face down in the water, drowned, dead, no help. In the words of my granddaddy in Arkansas, you are D-E-D, dead. All right? So what do you need if you're dead? It says, two, Ephesians 2, 1, you are dead in your trespasses and sins. Write this down, Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5. If you're ready for some good news, say yeah. This is good news. So Ephesians 2, 1 says, you are dead in your trespasses and sin, but Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 says, but God. Somebody say, but God. Woo, it's about to be good. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive. Somebody say alive. Made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in our trespasses, you are saved by grace. Amen. So verse 1 says that you were dead in your trespasses and sin. But then verses 4 and 5 come in and say, I'm about to give you some good news, okay? You ready for this? Hey, I know you're dead in your sin, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, made us alive together in him, it is by grace that you are saved. And y'all, I'm excited about this. I'm fired up about this because let me tell you something. You are saved by grace. This is what the world needs us to tell them. This is what the world is just waiting for somebody to share, somebody just walking around the world aimlessly searching for hope, searching for answers. They need somebody that loves Jesus to go, hey, let me tell you something. You could be saved by grace. This is what the world needs us to tell them. This is the good news. You know, I was reminded today, and this blew my mind, but this is where I lean in as a pastor, and I go, okay, Will, what are you going to do about this? Got a message today. There's a lady, a volunteer. They said, man, I'm so fired up about this series because our students need to know 
how to share the gospel. And she said, but they don't know what the gospel is. I go, well, that's the reason we're doing this series. We're going to help them. She goes, no, no, no. I asked them what the word gospel means, and they had no clue what that word meant. They said, hey, we hear this all the time. And so here's what, and maybe that's you, and that's fine. Here's what the gospel is. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. The gospel is John 3.16. No cliche, it is real. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You are saved by grace. Amen. That is the gospel. That is the good news of Jesus. And so our hope in this series, and the reason I'm so excited, is here's what we want to do. We want to equip you. We want to prepare you. We want to provide resources through this series so you have all the confidence in the world. Maybe a little nervous. Maybe a little jitter. But you are fully confident in what you were going to say when you lean up and sit down in a chair and somebody asks you a question about your faith, you have all the confidence in the world to say, man, yeah, let me tell you all about it. I'm going to tell you about the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you that you are saved. You have an opportunity to be saved by grace. And so why is this important for us? It's important for you in the room because there's a question I've been asking the last few weeks, and it's this. Who are the student pastors at Long Hollow Baptist Church? Right? And here's what we believe, because we believe that you are actually the student pastors of Long Hollow Baptist Church, and we want to equip the student pastors of Long Hollow Baptist to go and reach, listen to me, write this number down, the 10,000, anybody know the number? How many law students in this county? 10,743, that was close. Write that down, 10,743, statistically speaking, students that you are walking the hallways with at Station Camp High School, Walking the halls with the Merrill Hyde, walking the halls at Davidson Academy, walking the halls at Good Pasture, walking the halls at Hendersonville High School, walking the halls at Beach High School, walking the halls at T.W. Hunter or wherever you go in middle school. There's 10,743 law students in our county. But the student pastors at Long Hollow Baptist Church are going to do something about it, right? That's our hope. That's our prayers. We're going to give you tools and instruments to do this. And here's a cool thing. We've already given you a few. You're like, what? You haven't even said anything yet. Think about it. The half sheet that we gave you, the questions that we asked, here's why we did that. How many times have you been asked a question about your faith, but you don't know how to segue into the conversation, right? Here's what we did for you. We gave you a list of questions for you to ask if somebody has, an, has a question. You go, hey, hey, man, where do you, where do you go when, you, when, when you're sick? I'll go to the doctor. You're right. Hey, hey where do you go if, you, if your car breaks down? I go to a mechanic. Exactly. You ask him these easy questions, and then you drop that last one in like I did. You go, but what do you do if you're dead? And then you got them, right? They're like, I have no clue how to answer that. You're like, you're right, but let me tell you the good news of Jesus Christ. I can tell you how you were dead in your trespasses and sin. You were separated from Christ, but God, being rich in mercy, has the opportunity to save your soul today. Can I tell you a little bit about that? So we've already given you an instrument and a tool, and I want to give you a few more. And here's what we're going to do throughout this series. We're going to give you a piece of Romans. It's called the Romans Road. Anybody heard of this? It's just, as you're walking through Romans and walking through the Apostle Paul, talking through how he led people to Jesus, some people call it the, the Romans road to salvation. So not only are you going to have tools and, and, and be equipped with certain things, you're going to know at the end of week four, you're going to be able to spit off Romans, uh, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23. You're going to be able to spin them off and be able to share the gospel with somebody. But here's what I want to do. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Romans 3. 23 and 24 is where we're camping out tonight. Romans 3, 23 and 24. It'll be on the screen, but I'm going to read it to you. It says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by His grace 
through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Our big idea tonight is this. I want you to write this down. We all, write all in all caps, we all need a Savior. We all need a Savior, and all means what? It means all, right? It means everybody in this room. It means everybody that you interact with. It means everybody across the globe. All is all. We all need a Savior. And this leads me to our next illustration. And here's what I want you to do. Everybody should have a card, uh, like a four-by-six card that just has the Street Talk logo on it. Y'all see that? Grab that real quick. Grab that Street Talk logo. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep that ready on the back side. Turn it over. Get your pen ready. But here's what I want you to write down on your half sheet first. Go back to your half sheet. I want you to write down our first point. All have sinned. All have sinned, okay? All have sinned. And here's the deal. When you're sharing the gospel with somebody, here's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of go in and out of kind of like this teaching moment. Like you're sitting at a table sharing the gospel with somebody and me kind of sharing my story and some, uh, some preaching aspects. Here's what you do. Like you're sitting at a table. Somebody asks you a question, you go, man, hey, where do you go if, you, if you're sick? Where do you go if your, your car breaks down? What do you do if you're dead? You ask that question, that's your segue, that's your icebreaker, that's leading into the gospel. Then you go to Romans 3.23. They say, so, so what does this mean? For all have sinned and all need a Savior. What does that mean, Will? I want you to write this. I want you to draw this. I want everybody on their paper to draw this. All right? So you're going to draw that. All right, you got that? On the left side, it looks like a seven, but it's, it's not. That's, yeah, I see what you're saying. All right, everybody got that? And I want you to write this above it. What's that say? All right. Man is humanity. All right. Women, don't freak out. You're good. I'm not leaving you out. All right. Now, on this side, I want you to do this. Everybody got that? Can you see that? Oh, heavens. It's the same thing, but the reverse. All right. Y'all really can't see that? Yeah, there you go. Everybody got it? Can y'all see it? Heavens to Betsy. You got it? Illustration debacle. All right, y'all got it? Above that, I want you to write G-O-D. What's that spell? Man, y'all are so good. Y'all are private school. All right, God, don't fall. All right. So you got man on this side and you've got God on this side. So here's the reality of this. You're talking, you're having this conversation, you write this example, and here's what you're sharing in this example. You're going, hey, so all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What does that mean for you? That means this, that there is no way for a man to get to God because there is a gap, there is a chasm, there is an emptiness, there is a void, whatever you want to use. There's no bridge from man to God, okay, because all have sinned. All have sinned. So what does that mean? If all have sinned and there's a gap, what's separating man from God then? Come on now, y'all know it. I want you to write this. Am I on the right side? Yep. I got to help everybody out. You got it? You got it? All right. Thank you so much, Ms. Hyam. So you got man on one side, God on the other. And what we've shared here is in Romans 3.23, you're walking them through. They go, hey, for all have sinned, all need a Savior, all have sinned. There's no way that you can bridge the gap because of the sin in your life. Your sin, listen to me, your sin separates you from God the Father. Y'all tracking with me? You with me? So you're separated from God the Father. And here's the reality for me. In my faith when I was younger, listen to me. When I was your age and I was younger, here, here's the reality for Will, is I struggled because I didn't understand this. 
I was, I was a good kid. You know, I'm, I'm showing up to church every week. I'm, I'm rolling in. I'm the, I'm the good kid. I wasn't a bad kid. I was just a little sassy. You know what I'm saying? I was a little rambunctious. I was a little fiery. I was a little firecracker, all right? And so I had a problem with authority, and I like to talk during class. Anybody with me? So that was me. I wasn't a bad kid. I didn't do bad things. I was a good dude. So I'm like, I don't understand this. I'm not a, what the Bible says and what, what Paul is talking about. I, I didn't consider myself a sinner separated from God, right? And maybe that's you. Maybe you're going, yeah, yeah, I, I don't see that either, Will. This was a turning point for me because I realized that, no, 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 no. This is a big issue. If that, if that means that there's something separating me from, from God, i got to figure out what that is. And listen to me. When you try to share the gospel, this is going to be the biggest hurdle that you have to overcome. When you sit down next to your friend in the classroom or you sit down to your friend in the locker room or you sit down to your friend, your best friend or your family member rather, even, the biggest obstacle that you are going to face in the Bible Belt in Sumner County in Hendersonville, Tennessee is this. I go to church every week. Bro, I'm good. I'm a good kid. I don't do the, the things. I wouldn't consider myself a sinner, but you know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you understand that there's a chasm that man is separated from God because of their what? Because of sin. So all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For me, this was a turning point for me. And so for you, maybe this is, this is true for you as well. So think through this. How do I share the gospel even when somebody doesn't want to hear it because they feel like they're not a sinner. They feel like they're okay. Well, what do I do? You're drawing this on a napkin. You're sharing them this step. You're going to draw that. You're going to draw that. You're going to write man. You're going to write God. You're going to say sin separates you from man because all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. But you take it a step further, and here's what wrecked me. It wasn't just understanding that there was a sin issue, and I was confused with, like, what does sin even mean, all that stuff. Maybe you're there right now. The thing that got me was when I started to go to God's word. Because here's what I want you to say. Don't trust everything I say. Just because I say it, don't, don't take it as, as face value. Don't take it as if it's 100% true. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say anything that's not true. But here's what I mean by that is this. I want you to search it for yourself. And what wrecked me, the little good church kid uh, sitting in the pew at Wynn Baptist Church in Wynn, Arkansas, was this. I went to God's word. I said, I want to know what God says about me. I don't care about what the pastor on the stage is yelling at me right now about. Turn and burn. No, that's not what I care about. I want to know what God's word says, so I'll go to the scriptures. And here's what God's word said about Will. And, and a good thing for you to remember is always go to scripture. Always go to scripture because then what happens is it takes your opinion and takes what you have to say off the table and it's only you're presenting the gospel, you're presenting God's word, you're presenting truth, the inerrant word. It is not changing, it is what it is, it is truth, all right? So it takes a you said, he said, she said, me said, whatever you want to say said, out of it is what God says, okay? Was that confusing? Here we go. Write these down. Go to God's word. I want you to look these up too, but I'm going I'm to give them to you, Okay. We've already said the first one. Romans 3.23 says that we've all had sinned. So that's the first thing, right? God's word says that I'm a sinner. God said that we've all sinned. Jeremiah 17.9. Jeremiah 17.9. What does Jeremiah 17.9 say, Will? It says this about us. It says this about Will Moore when I was reading this at Wim Baptist Church. It says that I'm wicked. What about Galatians 5.19-21, Will? 
When you read that, what did it say about you? It says works of the flesh, which are the opposite of the fruits of the spirit, meaning this. Instead of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, it was, Will, you're arrogant. Will, you're prideful. Will, you're deceitful. Will, you're shameful. Will, you're all about yourself. You see what I'm saying? So it was the works of the flesh is what that showed me. And then Romans 7, verse 18, this wrecked my soul. There's nothing good in you. But wait, Will, you said that you were a good kid. Exactly. I was struggling with this one. It says nothing's good in you. Ecclesiastes builds on that. Ecclesiastes 7.20. Good luck spelling that. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says that there's no one righteous, no, not one. So there's nothing good in you. You're not righteous. And then James 4, 4, man, this is where it got me good. It says you're an enemy of God. I had to take a breath. I'm not going to lie. I had to take a breath. I'm going, whoa, all right. This is what God says about me, that all have sinned, and then it lists all these things. And these verses revealed the truth about my life, and my life up to this point looked pretty seeking good on the outside. Maybe you can relate to this. Here's who I was. You know, I grew up in a Christian home. Like I said, I went to church every single week. I'm sitting in the pews as a, as a, as a little boy watching my dad raise his hand, watching my dad open his Bible, watching my mom. I'm at every event. I'm the good kid. So when I read this, I go, but I don't understand. Like, I, this is who I am? And God revealed to me that, yeah. He said, your goal is reaching holiness by what you know in your mind. But what you're missing is that relationship that you're supposed to have with me. And, Will, what you've understood by walking through what I see about you and understanding this is that, Will, in reality, the good boy doesn't matter. Because here's the truth. All have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. So you are on this side, I'm on this side, and there's no way for you to get to the other side. Because of your sin in your life. You are a sinner separated from me. I'm going, wow. That's a really big deal. You see, I lacked the relationship. I was an enemy of God. I could not produce good enough works. I was wicked. I was spiritually, like I talked about in the beginning, face down, D-E-D, dead. I was dead. But I realized that sin separated me from God, and I realized that we have all sinned. And yes, that was a good church kid, but here's what I realized, that I needed a Savior. Remember our big idea, we all need a what? We all need a Savior, right? So remember, when you're explaining this stuff, you're walking them through the exact same thing that I'm telling you right now. You're revealing the truth to them, pointing them to God's Scripture, pointing them to what God says. And students, here's the thing. For us to understand and be able to share the gospel, we have to first realize that we've all sinned. I keep saying that, but I want you to get it. We've all sinned, that we are the ones that were alienated from Christ, that we are the ones that missed the mark. We are the ones that missed the mark. And you're telling this to somebody, you're going, we. You say we. Try to use we as much as possible because what happens if you say you, 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 they're going, bro, back up. We, I try to do that when I'm preaching sometimes, when I'm teaching. I try to, we are in this together. We have all sinned. You see it? You feel it? We have all sinned. We have all missed a mark. We have all, and what that does, it takes the defensiveness now. It lets them breathe a little bit. lets them know that you're not attacking them, that you're having a conversation with them. See, our goal is holiness, but our sin is what stands in the way of this. Write this down. Our second point is this. Our goal is holiness. Our goal is holiness. I want to read this to you. Don't check out on me. I want to read this quote from Francis Chan. I think it's really good. Maybe it'll, it'll, it'll apply to you. It says, the word holiness can have a discouraging effect on people. Some immediately dismiss it. Maybe that was you. As soon as you heard holiness, I'm out. Don't know what that means. He says, perhaps a bit sadly, since they believe that whatever it is, holiness 
is way beyond their reach. Let me tell you something tonight. Holiness is within reach. Holiness is right there just waiting for you to grab a hold of. He goes on to say this. They think that their failures and sins. They think of their failures and sins and, and figure that if they could only get rid of them, then they could start thinking about holiness. So if I go and get better, then I go to the doctor is what he's saying. If I could just get rid of my failures, get rid of my sin, then I come to pursuing holiness. And he says others become frustrated since they have sincerely tried for most of their lives to be holy, and in the end, they see themselves advancing nowhere and never seeking holiness. Maybe that's you in the room. Well, I've tried to be good. I've tried to do all these things. I've tried to pursue holiness, but for whatever reason, that sin in my life just keeps getting brought up. You know, maybe you're having that conversation with somebody at the lunch table or in the locker room or in, in the band room, wherever you are, and you're having this conversation. You go, maybe that's you. Do you ever feel that way? Like you feel like you're just trying to be good, but yet you just can't, you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. Maybe a wall will break down. Maybe they'll open it up with you. Maybe they'll have an opportunity for, for you to just be a listening and a sounding board for them in this moment. See, holiness is this. Write this down. Holiness is confusing, but holiness is union with God. What is holiness, Will? Holiness is oneness. It's unity. It's unified with, with God. But how do we become holy? That's a great question. It's simply this. It's seeking the will of God. How do I become holy? You seek the will of God. What does God's word say about you and what he wants for your life? Seeking God's will. In the Bible, it says nine different times, be holy as I am holy. God's saying, be holy as I am holy. Be holy as my son is holy. Be holy. And see, through holiness, see, holiness can seem difficult, right? When you think that word, you're going, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't really understand. It can be, seem very difficult in the beginning, but here's the reality. We want you to understand something. Go back to Romans 3.23. If we understand that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, in short, when, when walking somebody through the gospel, you need to explain that sin and holiness cannot coexist. So you're pursuing holiness, but here's the reality. I want you to write this on your sheet, turn that card back over. I want you to write holiness next to God. See, I'm just going to tell you so, so you don't have to see it. So we understand that man is separated from God because of sin in their life. And what we just realized is that as you're pursuing holiness, you're pursuing God's will in your life, but you've got sin in your life, guess what? Sin and holiness cannot coexist, so there's an issue. Our goal and God's will is for us to pursue holiness with everything we am. Pursue me as I am holy. Pursue my son Jesus as he is holy. But because of your sin, you can't be holy because sin and holiness cannot coexist. So our goal is to pursue holiness, and our goal is, listen to me, to rid ourselves of sin. So our goal is holiness, so how do we pursue holiness? You rid yourself of sin. You ever heard of repentance? I've explained it this way multiple times. Repentance is you're walking this way, right? You're walking this way, you're pursuing your, your, your passions, you're pursuing these temptations, and then all of a sudden you're like, boom, lay, I'm laying my sin down, I repent, I turn, make a 181 to God. Maybe crawl to God because you realize that you're leaving your sin you were dead in your sin. You're leaving that behind you, and you're pursuing holiness. You're pursuing Jesus. You understand that all have fallen short from the glory of God. But, Will, what is sin? Will, what is sin? That's a great question. That's a churchy word. What is sin? Sin is this. Did you know that sin causes you to miss the mark? I got five guys. Y'all come up here real quick. I'm going to give this illustration this way. I'm going to try to explain this. Sin is simply missing 
the mark. We can't attain holiness. So here's what I want them to do. Hey, you know what? One of y'all go back. I only got four. Sorry, that's embarrassing. Golly, glad it wasn't me. Here we go. Oh, here, take, oh, no, stop. Here we go. There's one. That's two. Y'all stand over there. Y'all get up for these guys. Three. Connor, here you go. Or don't give it up for them. That's cool. They don't like y'all. All right, fellas, here's what I want y'all to do. All right, one at a time. Can y'all count? Awesome. Where, where do y'all go? Oh, beach. My bad. All right, back up. Back up. Right here on the edge. Put your heels on the edge, fellas. Don't let the cowboy boots knock you off. Here's what I want you to do. I want you one at a time. So you're one, you're two, you're three, you're four. Y'all got it? Okay. Tanner, you're going to go first. All right, you're going to try to make it into that thing. Ready? Go. Oh, my gosh. All right. Go. 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 If you make that, I swear. All right, y'all get off my stage. No, y'all give it up for him. Y'all give it up for him. Hey, they did exactly what I was hoping they would do. Here's the point. Hey, seriously, thank you guys. Here's the point. Y'all can keep those. Take them home. They're souvenirs. Take them home. Yeah. Anyway, here's the deal. I gave them a mark. I gave them something to attain. I gave them a goal to pursue. I wanted them to throw that into this. But guess what they did? They missed the mark. They couldn't do it. I almost made it twice. I got a little freaked out. I was afraid somebody's going to make it. I'm just that good. But anyway, so here's the deal. They missed the mark. I gave them an opportunity. They couldn't do it. That's what sin is. Sin is you're supposed to pursue, wow, supposed to pursue holiness, but because of sin in your life, you missed the mark. You get it? You, you see that? Our goal is to pursue holiness, but well, because of sin in my life, I missed the mark every time. I got to rid myself of holiness, or I got to rid myself of sin because sin and holiness can't coexist. Sin is missing the mark. So what do you think the world would look like? Scholars say this, the New Testament scholars said that the New Testament writers were, were basically encouraging people to study God's word. They call it the law, but encouraging what you and I would say, I want you to read God's word. I want you to get into the word until the word gets into you. As Pastor Robbie says, we want you to study it. We want you to learn it. Because here's what they believe. If you studied the law, Ten Commandments for an example, right? They believe that if you study this with all their heart, that God had laid out a law, that God had laid out rules, that God had laid out a way of living life for the betterment of you as an individual, but also the betterment of society. So let me ask you this, and this is what you're doing. You're talking to a person, you ask them this question, hey, do you think our world would look a little bit better if, if people didn't kill each other? Hey, let me ask you this. Do you think the world would look a little bit better if people didn't cheat, if divorce wasn't a thing, if affairs didn't happen? Hey, do you think our world would look a little bit better? And you can rock, just walk down the, the, the Ten Commandments. And then you ask them this, why? why? Why would our world look a little bit better? The world would look a little bit better because the world is no longer worried about the sin in their life. Guess what the world is doing? The world's pursuing holiness. And when we pursue holiness, we rid ourselves of sin. So when the world pursues holiness, the world re rid, rids itself of sin, and the world looks astronomically different. What would our student ministry look like? Brayden, you said it'd grow. Think, we think we'd grow if we would rid ourselves of sin and pursue holiness? I agree with you, buddy. Here's the thing. What are our student ministries? What would our schools look like? What would our families look like? Who wants to be the person in here that pursues holiness and breaks the sin cycle of your generational Gap. Like you don't want to be your father. You don't, want to, you don't want to pursue the things your father did or your mother did. You want to break that sin cycle because you understand that your dad or your mom didn't pursue holiness. They pursued themselves. But you want to be different. You want to pursue holiness. You're going to rid yourself of sin. You're going to make a difference in somebody's life, i.e. me. 
Y'all have heard my story. I'm here because my dad said I'm going to rid myself of sin and pursue holiness. That could be you. Our student ministry could look a lot different. Our student ministry would be massive. We couldn't have enough room. We'd have to go two services every Wednesday. That'd be awesome. It's a goal of mine. But anyways, if we would rid ourselves of sin and pursue holiness, because here's what happens. People want to follow you. People want to be a part of what you got. So the student passes along hollow. Hello. You pursue holiness, people will follow. You'll knock a dent in that 11,000 people like nobody's business. We'll wake up one day and you'll, this room will be full of 10,000 students because you're pursuing holiness and you're ridding yourself of sin. How incredible would that be? You guys are having a ripple effect across the country right now. Mobile, Alabama. Dallas, Texas. I don't remember where Ben was in Alabama this past week. But people are talking about what's happening in this student ministry because of you. Hey, tell me what your students are doing. Tell me what's going on. I keep seeing these videos. I keep hearing these testimonies. I keep hearing all these people talking about Long Hollow Student Ministry. What's going on? You know what I do? It's simple. Who are the student pastors at Long Hollow? You're bought in. You get it. You're pursuing holiness. You're ridding yourself of sin. But what if I told you that holiness is not even, even anything that you can even attain? So you're walking through this. You're explaining to them who they are. And you go, but you can't even attain it. Kind of seems like a Debbie Downer, right? You're like, what? I don't get it. You built all this up, and now you're telling me I can't even get it? Yeah. As much as you want to pursue holiness, you cannot bridge the gap. You have no innate ability to bridge the gap between you and God and pursue holiness. You can pursue holiness all day long, but what's going to be, what's going to happen is you're either going to try to be the really good kid, or you're going to try to try to fill a gap with your, your ability to be a great student. So you're like, all right, if I can just, if I can just be a good student, then I'll, I'll, I'll fill that gap, right? You are working about, you're worried about your successes, so if I just get the right girl, right? If I can just marry that right person, then that'll bridge the gap, Will. I, I think that'll help me out. Or, or Will, what about, what about my successes? If I'm just the, the best ball player I could be, woo pig, if I could be the best ball player I could be, then, then that's going to bridge the gap. Well, I feel like I'm almost there. But, hey, not just baseball. What if I'm a dual athlete? Shout out to Wynn High School. It's signed by D'Angelo Williams. Don't steal that. If I just be a good football player, Will, then that, that could bridge the gap. But the reality is this. You cannot attain holiness. Do you remember in the beginning? What's our big idea tonight? Anybody remember it? We all need a what? Listen to me, students. Lean in for a second. You're explaining this with somebody. You explained that our point three is this. Jesus bridges the gap. Jesus bridges the gap because, unfortunately, there's nothing you can do. Fill the bridge with all these things I just said. The only issue that it doesn't lead to holiness, the pursuit of anything other than Jesus Listen to me, LH students, the only, the, the pursuit of anything other than Jesus. These are all the things that we want to pursue, right? If I can just be a good baseball player, if I can be the funny kid, if I can be the one that, that, that just, this funny, if I can be the one, if I can be the one that just finds the right guy or finds the right girl, if I can be the one that just makes the scholarship, if I can be the one but you got to understand that it doesn't matter what you do. Remember what wrecked me is when I went to God's word and it says, Will, you are these things. 
And then you get all the way to this, or going, yeah, 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 that's good news, that's good news. Tell me about the grace part. Tell me about the Jesus. I was dead in my trespasses and sin, but God, being rich in mercy, well, you said that we are saved by grace. What does that mean? I'm going to tell you what it means. You, in in and of yourself, cannot bridge the gap, but I'm going to show you what can. You explain to them this. You were dead in your trespasses and sin. You were face down, D-E-D, dead. (laughs) Remember, I get excited about this. Your sin separated you from God the Father, but you know with all your heart that you're going to pursue holiness. And you understand that there's no way for you to get from point A to point B, which is holiness, which is pursuing God. And you explain to them, but God, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love in which he loved us, made us alive together in him. Through Jesus Christ, by grace, you have been saved. That's what you tell them. That's the good news of Jesus Christ, that you were dead, but guess what? You don't stay dead. Jesus rose himself from the grave three days later, and he walked that stinking earth, and he walked around and said, boys, I did it. And guess what? You take this good news to the entire world because you are the student pastors along Hollow Baptist Church. You understand that there's 10,743 lost students, and you are going to share the good news of the gospel with them. That's what you tell them at the lunch table. That's what you tell them in the locker room. That's what you share with them. And then you know what you do? You give them an opportunity to respond. Man, what you thinking? Man, does this relate to your life at all? I mean, do you feel like do you feel like you've just been the good kid trying to pursue something that you'll never attain because you say one thing, but you don't have the, the understanding that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Jesus Christ is the only way to holiness. Jesus Christ is the only way to God the Father. Through Christ, you have been saved. Through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And then you ask him, man, do you want to know what it looks like to to step into a saving relationship with Jesus. You're writing all this on that napkin. You're showing them. You're walking through man and God and holiness and sin. You rock, rock that cross all the way across. You bridge that gap with the cross. You share Jesus with them. And you say, would you like to respond? You want to experience something that will fire you up more than any sport or any band or any scholarship or anything that you would ever do? You, you share the gospel with somebody, you see them respond, your life will be radically changed forever. Y'all, that's what this ministry needs. This ministry needs us to understand that the world, yeah, there's 10,743 law students in Sumner County, but think about how many statistically lost people there are in our world. You could be the one, or we could be the ones that bridge the gap, amen?
Let it start with us. But maybe it starts with somebody in here right now. See, I gave you an instrument. I gave you a resource. I gave you a tool to share the gospel with somebody else. But what I also did is I shared the gospel with you tonight. So what I want to do is I want to give you an opportunity to respond. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go old school. Everybody, the bow your heads, close your eyes. Nobody talking, nobody moving, nobody saying anything. Here's what I want to do right now in this moment. The things that I said, the things I walked through, you're going, Will, that's me. I'm the good kid, but I know I'm alienated. I know I'm separated. I know I'm dead spiritually because of my sin. And Will, tonight, I'm going to rid myself of sin. I'm pursuing holiness, and I want to pursue Jesus with all I have. If that's you in here, would you just raise your hand? Well, tonight, I want to step into a true saving relationship. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Raise them high. Amen. Amen. You can put your hand down. Maybe you're in here and you're going, Will, yeah, I'm not the good kid. I'm the one that walks in here every single week, and I'm the one that talks. I'm the one that's a distraction. I'm the one that makes fun of everything that you've got to say because I'm lost, and I'm searching. And the only thing I know how to do because of the hurt in my life is act out. But, Will, what you're saying is hitting home to me. And right now, Will, I want to step into a saving relationship with Jesus. Will, would you share that with me tonight? If that's you, would you raise your hand? Raise it high. Or maybe you're in here and you're just like, Will, man, I just want to know 100% that I've got a relationship with Jesus. I'm not leaving this place tonight without stepping into a relationship with him, whatever your life looks like. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Anybody else want to respond to the gospel tonight? Here's what I'm going to do. If you raise your hand with nobody's looking around, nobody's peeking, nobody's being sneaky. If you raise your hand, here's what I want you to do. I just want you real quietly, I want you to just slide out of your chair. I want you to get up and you're going to make your way to my left, to, to your right or behind you, to the exit sign. Kate is over there. Damari is over there. There are several of you that raise your hand. So if that was you, would you just quietly just step up and make your way to our next steps area? Don't be afraid. Don't be don't be fearful. Nobody's looking around. This is between you and the Lord. There are several of you that raise your hand. Go ahead and make your way right now. While they're making their way, I want to talk to somebody else in the room. You know, DeMario came out and he said, hey, Will, there's an opportunity for, for students to, to be baptized. Maybe you've made a decision to follow Jesus. But you've never been baptized. And you're going, well, enough is enough. I know I'm saved. I know I give my life to Jesus. But I, I said, hey, it's time for me to be baptized. It's time for me to make that decision. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Well, I've never been baptized. I know that I have a relationship. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Well, I know that I need to make this decision. I need to, I need to nail that down. I need to make this decision right now. I need to be baptized. You're not getting baptized tonight. You're just saying, well, I want to be baptized. Anybody else? All right. If that's you, when, when the band begins to to play we're going to go into worship when the band begins to play if you raise your hand about baptism you you also are going to make your way to your right my left under the exit sign to the next steps area i'm gonna have miss katie if you don't mind if you would step over there when we start singing if you want to be baptized you have a question about baptism and make your way over there we're going to get your information we'll talk to you about that opportunity lord jesus i love you so much 
God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to step in to Long Hollow every single week. God, I'm so incredibly thankful and proud to be a part of this ministry. I'm thankful for the students. God, I pray that they're encouraged. God, I pray that they are empowered tonight to take the gospel to those that are in their city, to those that are in their classrooms, those that are in their, their families. Lord Jesus, use them. Let them know. God, let them know. They got the tools. They got the instruments tonight. They can do this. God, empower them. Embolden them. Equip them, Lord Jesus. I love them. I'm proud of them, and I know that they can do it. God, I pray as we stand and we worship that your name will be praised. That we would lean in. That we would give you our best in this moment. Everybody sit.